Welcome to the Afterthoughts Podcast. I'm Zane Garza. I'm with Chris Chadwick, pastor of Caney Ridge Baptist Church in San Diego, California. Pastor, when you're preparing for a sermon on a Sunday... Whoa, whoa, whoa you got to tell them what it's all about. That's what I was going for. Okay, right on. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, just go. <laughs> when you're preparing for a, a sermon on Sunday, yeah. if you put in everything that you learned or studied yeah. into your message and preached that on a Sunday, we'd be here for at least three and a half, four hours. At least. <laughs> At least. Yeah. So you got to cut stuff out right. invariably. And so there's a lot of things that he studies or learns that don't go into the sermon. And so that is what has fueled this podcast called Afterthoughts. We just want uh, our pastor to weigh in on something that he thought was important that didn't make it into his message on Sunday. And so we, you just started a uh, sermon series called Pursuing Love, right. uh, preparing us for our marriage weekender coming up this Friday, and uh, you preached out of, out of Ephesians 5, verses 22 to 33, and uh, something that I wanted to kind of actually rehash was the fact that there needs to be a why hmm. in our marriages. Um, there's a lot of how-tos, there's a lot of what's, uh, a lot of advice out there that people will give you for your marriage, but if you miss the why of it all, then it's really all for naught. Am I wrong with that? Uh, no, you're 100% right. Um, I love that book by Simon Sinek. It's a business, not a Christian book by any means, but it's entitled Start With Why, and um, which is a biblical concept. Why would I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior? Uh, well, because God so loved the world that he gave Jesus Christ. That, that's the why. Or some people could say, because I want eternal life in heaven as opposed to eternal death. Now, these are biblical principles. Why answers all of the big questions. Um, why do we work out? Why do we eat right? Well, so that we can be healthy. Why determines really the direction. And when you lose the why you begin to degrade. Uh, churches that lose the why, businesses that lose the why, and marriages that lose the why, uh, they begin to degrade. And so I could talk about that for an extended period of time, but you're absolutely right. Uh, why is where it all starts, and why is where it all stays. Mm. Why is what keeps it moving forward. Amen. Uh, I want to quote, actually, um, that you... Uh, that. Henry Ford quote that you mentioned, I think that you got from Simon Sinek. It said, uh, Henry Ford summed it up best. He said, if I had asked people what they wanted, he said they would have asked for a faster horse. Right. And when I was thinking through that, um, I think knowing the why uh, will obviously determine and help us with longevity, mm-hmm. uh, but it will also um, give us God's best. Because mm-hmm. Christ desires our best. That was one of Pastor's points on Sunday. And if we if we... Um, don't have the right why, we're going to settle for much less than what Christ has, and Christ wants our best. Yeah, we talk, we're talking about marriage, and if in our marriage our why is comfort, or our why is sexual fulfillment, or our why is more money and a nicer home, then when we get those things and they don't satisfy, um, we don't have the comfort because life is super stressful or there's a physical ailment and the sexual fulfillment is um, not available, uh, whatever the case may be, then the why is blown up. So we have to know the why of what we do. And that, again, that just determines your direction. That determines where you stay. It determines your destination. 
Well, um, if you missed uh, the message yesterday, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. But uh, really, the whole sermon was directed this Sunday towards the husbands Mm -hmm. in the marriage. And so uh, as the husband, um, Paul summed it up that we're like, we're the Christ, we're the head Mm -hmm. of the body. And uh, given that, the husband is the leader of the family. Uh, I know there's uh, that's something that you're passionate about. Uh, Was there anything that you wish you could have said in the pulpit that you did not say uh, to the men? Yeah, um, I I think I dwelt with this just briefly. but Christ is working in us as the church to present to himself, the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 5, a glorious church, verse number 28, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. As a husband, my responsibility, when I understand the why, that my mixed marriage is a picture of God's undying love for the church, my why I do what I do is to help present my family before the Lord when we stand before him at the judgment seat. And I want to prepare them for that. So that's why I have the... Um, standards that I have. That's why we have the familial uh, rules that we have. That's why we go to church because I want to present them before the Lord. And so sometimes my kids might say, uh, dad, I don't want to go to church. Well, yeah, that's great. I get where you're coming from, but it's not really your uh, decision. It's my decision. And I want to present you faultless before the Lord to the best of my ability. Um, Every one of us, if you're a parent before your kids go, to the dentist, you make sure your kids brush their teeth really well. My kids are in their 20s now. When they were kids, most days I didn't care. Like, hey, go brush your teeth. They could have went in there and said they did and didn't, and I probably wouldn't have checked. But if I knew they were going to the dentist about a week and a half out, hey, did you brush your teeth? Did you floss? Did you brush your teeth? Did you floss? And we're just checking. Why? Because they're going to be at the dentist, and I didn't want the dentist saying, hey, it seems like you don't brush your teeth. (laughs) Uh, There's a why that was involved in that, and the why determined uh, the objective. And as husbands in the marriage, we have a responsibility to walk with God because we're leading our family, and we have a responsibility to help our family walk with God. That, That is imperative. And in a picture of Christ's unending love for the church, it balances it out because we're not so rules-oriented that we, that we lose a relationship aspect. We still have a deep, meaningful, intimate, loving, grace-filled relationship with our wife as we both jointly go together to present ourselves before the throne of God. And so it's a wonderful, beautiful picture of Christ's love for the church. And that's how... I am supposed to lead my family, lead specifically this week, lead my wife in marriage. I know if you're like me, and you, I, I think we all struggle with settling for second best. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and it's yeah. easy to get into a rut or to, to think that you're doing well enough, um, but we're doing all of this because the devil hates our marriages, mm-hmm. the world's attacking our marriages, and if we settle for second best... Uh, not knowing the why, um, then we're going to ultimately come short. But when we have the right why, would you say that then we're going to then we're going to strive for greater things? I think that's kind of what you just said. But yeah, the the why is the benchmark. The why is the standard. Without that, um, you've been married seven years. Okay, I've been married twenty eight years. You could go. Oh, I want to marry you and Kelly. I want to marry like Chris and Debbie have. Well, I think we have a pretty good marriage. That'd be cool. But our marriage 
is not perfect by any means. Um, I'm the problem. Debbie's the solution most of the time. Not always, but that's normally probably how it how it, it would go. Um, we're not the right objective. Why? Because we're two imperfect sinners. And so why do I have a good marriage? Well, I have a good marriage because I want to be a picture to a lost and dying world. Not I want what Chris and Debbie have. No, that's the wrong why. Yeah. Totally the wrong why. The right why is... I am a picture to a world that needs Jesus of his undying love for them. And my marriage is a picture. That's why a crappy marriage is a crappy testimony to a lost and dying world. There's people listening to it. That's why some folks will never have influence with their kids or their coworkers because their marriage is a testimony of garbage. People are like, I would never want that. I want my marriage. You want your marriage. Every believer should want their marriage and be willing to do more than want but work for their marriage to be a picture of Christ's undying love for the world. One of my daughters was really struggling one time, really struggling in her life. And she came through it. Jesus brought her through it. He always does. He changes everything every day. And after our long conversations, um, I don't remember how it exactly went, but uh, something was said like, hey, when you were going through this struggle, what were you thinking about your mom and I? And I was really tempted to not ask the question. And she said something akin to this. That's not a direct quote, but I'll get the concept. She said, I knew you and mom loved me and you loved each other. And if you loved each other and you loved me, she goes, there's just something in me that reminded me of God's love for me. Mm. Well, if Debbie and I were jerks to each other, how does the outcome in my child's life end up there? Prayerfully, would it ended up the same? I don't know. I'm glad I don't want to. And I don't want to find out. I want everyone to understand your marriage is is absolutely a picture of Christ's undying love for the world. Amen. Well, that's, uh, I think we'll stop there. That was pretty, that was yeah. a lot to dwell on, a lot yeah. to think about. Um, so we're going to continue this Afterthoughts uh, podcast in the future. I know you're going to Cambodia soon, yeah. so it might be a few weeks, uh, but stay tuned. And I did want to end with one last question, Pastor. When it comes to Pop-Tarts, strawberry filling or cinnamon sugar? Oh, strawberry all day long. Why? It's fruit. Fruit was created by God. Cinnamon and sugar, product of the world, the flesh and the devil. <laughs> They've come to steal, kill, and destroy all joy in life. So please, pick the strawberry or cherry Pop-Tart. And I've got a question for you. Sure. Okay. Crust on or off on the Pop-Tart? Crust. Oh, my soul. That's the worst decision I've ever heard. That's terrible. And Pop-Tarts, hot or cold? Ooh. That's hard. I grew up really eating them cold. I didn't even know people put them in the toaster for a long time. I don't know. Really? I guess my parents didn't toast it. Or so, so you could go cold, buttered or not? I've never buttered a Pop-Tart. Okay. Jelly on them or not? Never done that either. Okay. Best Pop-Tart in the world, cherry Pop-Tart. Pull it out. Put some butter on it. I don't mean a little bit, like three teaspoons of butter maybe. That's probably a little bit too much, but some adequate butter. And then some good strawberry or raspberry jelly on it. Then it's good to go. That's going to be a bomb Pop-Tart. You will text me or call me or email me thanking me for the words of wisdom. Or <laughs> suing you because or, they now have diabetes. Or, or <laughs> suing me because you lost your teeth. That's right. 
That's awesome. Great. Well, we look forward to tuning in, you tuning in next time. It's been great. Uh, thanks, Pastor, for taking the time to do this. Yep. And uh, we'll see you next time on Afterthoughts.